Welcome to Caribbean Storytime with your host, Yolanda Marshall. Tune into various discussions about our beautiful culture, books, authors, recipes, and everything Caribbean. Your children will enjoy reading with Miles on Caribbean Storytime. Welcome to Caribbean Storytime. Happy New Year! I'm your host, Yolanda Marshall. Today, we will be hearing from a graceful author, one of my favorites, Eleanor P. Sam. I had the privilege of meeting Eleanor at a Guyana uh, last lap party uh, that was held in 2019 back in the days when we didn't have masks <laughs> and uh, what an honor it was I purchased her first novel which uh, is called The Wisdom of Rain a beautiful read one that I recommend to everyone it is educational but more so the storytelling Oh, magnificent. Eleanor um, is uh, Canadian, uh, born in Guyana, South America, of West African ancestry. And she has done extensive research on uh, her historical heritage. Here is Eleanor to tell you more about herself. Hello, Yolanda. I'm pleased to be with you and your listeners on Caribbean Storytime. My name is Eleanor Sam, and I'm the author of The Wisdom of Rain, a historical novel that tells the story of the capture and enslavement of a young West African girl on the cusp of womanhood and her journey to and life in the colony of Demerara in Diana. You see, um, I, I was born on a sugar plantation in Demerara, and, and I came from a long line of storytellers. During those nights in the grinding season when the sugar factory was running full tilt, the women would sit on the stoops of neighborhood houses and, and tell folk tales, and wide-eyed ch- little children would sit at their feet chewing on sugarcane stalks, their imaginations just running wild. I was one of those children. You know, there were these tales about Brer and Nancy, the trickster spider, and the Bakus, Boise and Boya, who were dwarf evil spirits that lived in a nearby village and created havoc after being released by mistake from the bottles in which they had been held captive. And uh, very, very scary for us kids was the tale about the old hag. She was a woman who, when she encountered naughty children, sucked their blood until they died. I mean, scary stories. The moral of these stories was to keep us kids on the straight and narrow path 
and, and, I, and I guess to teach us lessons about the consequences of making good or bad choices. But, you know, it was only years later that I learned about the West African origins of many of these stories. For example, I didn't know that, that uh, the character Bear Nancy, actually, was from an African fable of the Ashanti people of Ghana. Never knew it. Legend says that Anansi was such a very strong folklore character that enslaved Africans looked up to him because of his ability to outwit the best minds, even that of the slave master, which would have been, or I guess it would have allowed him to, to win his freedom had he been enslaved. Anyway, many of those types of stories abound. You know, looking back, we grew up not knowing that we were descendants of those enslaved Africans. What we received instead was a, a Scottish Presbyterian schooling experience that emphasized British history. But it was the history of Britain and not the history of our people's colonization in the British Empire. As a child, I remember asking questions of adults like, what and where is Scotland? I knew we, we didn't live there. Yet both the church and primary school we attended had this, the name Scotland in them. I found this a bit baffling. But as with many other things, I received the brush off from, from you know, and no adults would answer. Now you'd say, now you would say to me, go to the library and find out why didn't you? Well, it wasn't that easy. You see, we lived in the countryside, so I attended primary school in the village. But later, I transferred to high school in the city of Georgetown. So I, like other country children, had to arrive around, I would say, 5 a.m. and leave home in time to catch the 6 a.m. train to begin school at 8.30 a.m. And at the end of the school day, we had to hightail it to the ferry station to take the ferry back across the river and then ride the train to our village to get there before dark. There was no time to visit the library in the city. And one didn't exist in our village or in a village close by. So I was a girl without the library. So, you know, I longed to learn more about us as a people. I knew without a doubt that we were black, but the link to Mother Africa was hidden. I also pondered why the white people on our plantation were the senior staff and lived in the nicer houses, and the black people were junior staff or servants and lived in plain rooms. Fast forward, say, to 10 years ago. After immigration to Canada and years of work and a graduate education, I sought and finally found the link through DNA testing, that missing link. I discovered that my matrilineal ancestry, so on my mother's side, was from the Mende people of Sierra Leone. 
and I began to dig deep into understanding how my ancestors in Sierra Leone ended up in the colony of Demerara. I also found out that my father's ancestry was from Central African Republic. Now, through my university education, I had learned about the Atlantic slave trade and the Middle Passage, but now I had found a clearer connection. This finding cried out to be told as a story, and so the idea for my novel began. Research for, my, for this work uh, took me through multiple scholarly articles and books, including atlases, such as the Atlas of the Atlantic Slave Trade by Eltis and Richardson, and visits to museums that, that house stories of peoples of African descent in the diaspora. You know, for example, I traveled to the International Slavery Museum in Liverpool, England, and learned a lot about voyages of the Middle Passage, including those that began in the Liverpool port and made their way along the coast of the African continent and ended up in Caribbean and South American ports, Marara being one of them. I also went to the African American Museum in Washington, D.C. to look for information. Anyway, the story that grew from this research and my imagination is not a gentle one by any means, because as we know, there was nothing kind and tender about slavery. But even in my tale of tragedy, loss and inhumanity, there is embedded courage, love and spirituality. And how those types of qualities can transcend and defeat servitude and suffering in even the most trying circumstances. You know, in, in looking for my own history and writing this book, I discovered the strong-willed and ambitious women who came before me and stood up and quietly fought for their humanity. So to, to provide you with a bit of a timeline, the, the novel which again is, is, is titled The Wisdom of Rain, begins in 1799. So just about three, sorry, just about eight years before the abolition of the British Slave Trade Act of 1807, which made it illegal to engage in slave trade throughout the British uh, colonies. Now, during the same period, so roughly I would say between 1797 and 1807, Liverpool was home this the home port of about 70% of the vessels that brought enslaved Africans from across the continent to Demerara. And up to about, you know, about 73,000 Africans were captured and sold to slaveholders in the former colonies that later became British Guyana. So they, those colonies are Demerara, Berbice, and Esukibo. And the Africans that came to, well, came, were taken, were transported, were captured, came from areas in across the continent. So I know, for example, Senegambia, Sierra Leone, the Windward Coast, including Liberia and Ivory Coast, Gold Coast or Ghana, Benin, including Togo, 
uh, what used to be Biafra, which is now Nigeria, and West Central Africa. So, for example, the Central African Republic, Cameroon, Gabon, Congo, and the like. So we do see that Afro-Guyanese have roots in a diversity of African nations. Now, getting back to my novel, which follows Mariama, a young girl with special significance in her West African village, because her birth signaled the return of life-giving rains after a devastating drought. So it was just before her 13th birthday, she is uprooted and cast into this vortex of the 18th century transatlantic slavery system. A true crime against humanity that saw up to 12.5 million Africans transported into the brutal nightmare of plantation life and death in the Americas. Mariama must endure the loss of liberty, home, and family. And then the infamous Middle Passage on a slave ship bound for the British colony of Demerara, or back then it was called Demerari. It was spelled D-E-M-E-R-A-R-Y, and now it is spelled D-E-M-E-R-A-R-A, so Demerara, but it's the same, same place. So. Her trials were just beginning. She had to face the daily reality of oppression and assault at the hands of cruel masters and local thugs eager to take advantage of their power and privilege. Mariama also comes to note several unforgettable people along the way. A few of them becoming sources of strength and inspiration as she negotiates cruel landscape of bondage. I'll tell you about some of those people. She met Khadija, who was determined to steer her own faith despite captivity and apparent powerlessness. There is Thomas Layton, sent to preach the teachings of Christ to slaves and slave owners. But he was troubled by the hypocrisy of his responsibility and driven by a quest for a long-lost brother. And then there was Henrietta Bloomfield. She was the planter's wife. Bereft of companionship and, and affection, and she was in search of both wild, blind to the injustice and suffering she supported. But there is also Edward Grimes, a symbol of horror, who appears throughout much of the story, inflicting suffering everywhere. There, you know, there were real monsters like him documented in Caribbean slave history. For example, in the likeness of an English slave owner named Thomas Thistlewood. But perhaps most of all, there is Hesse. She was a proud and beautiful house slave whose strength lets her bend but never break in response to adversity. She offered Mariama the true gift of friendship and kindles her hope for the most precious gift of all, freedom. You know, with this novel, 
I took Alice Walker's suggestion to heart. I wrote what I needed to write, as opposed to what will make money or what will make fame. I continue to take inspiration from Ms. Walker and hope to release my second novel, which is also set in the Caribbean, sometime in 2021. Thank you and your listeners for listening in. <laughs>